you ship it. That would be the most toxic, volatile, messy relationship. Of course I ship it. I have an update on my headphones. I, I can see the update. They're on your head and they're a new color. Yeah, they're lilac. I like that. Why did you choose it? Uh, well, the options were white, which I figured would just probably like look bad after like some wear and tear. Black, which I was sick of. A really aggressive blue, which I'm a Buckeye fan. So fuck blue or lilac. So I, I, I like lilac. I like purple. It's a nice color. It's my favorite color. Do you remember when I was like, oh, I disputed the charge and I ordered a new one? Yeah. Maybe like three hours after I disputed the charge, they were like, hey, we're going to send you the replacement headphones. So you have two? I have two. (laughs) Can I have the other one? Yeah. uh, Happy Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Chrysler. Yeah. So I will be bringing those down to Atlanta with me to give to you. Oh my God, we can match. Even though I'm already wearing headphones. I have a... A little story to share. Uh-oh. So, last week, I had to go into work early. I go in at 7 a.m. Do you know what the first thing that was said to me at 7 a.m.? What? Hey, Lauren, I found your TikToks. What? What? Have you ever shit yourself at 7 a.m., Zane? Because that's what happened to me. I did not shit myself. Anyway, so I was like... No, no. What is happening? So basically my friend at work found our TikTok page because I did not realize that our TikTok is connected to my phone number. And she linked her contacts when she created a TikTok account, like a psychopath who does that. And she found it. And I was like, well, which one did you see? She goes, oh, well, when I saw it, I just went to your page and I watched every single TikTok. (laughs) So then she came in this week and she was like, I don't know how to get to the actual podcast. So I showed her and she started listening to it at work. And then I'm like, we sit very close to each other and she's cracking up laughing. And I'm like, oh my God, this is killing me. I was dying. And then of course, someone else overhears this conversation. She's like, I want to know what's going on. So I tell her and then she finds the TikToks and starts listening to the podcast. So we have two new listeners. Shout out to Amy (laughs) and to Stephanie. I told them I'd shout them out. This is the test to see if they continued listening to the podcast. I'm not going to tell them. I, you guys have to report it back to me. When you hear your names, you need to tell me. When they get to the, what, 15th, 16th episode? What is this? 16th, 16th episode? 16th episode, yeah. So anyway, that was my work week. I was discovered. I was mortified. But they had very good feedback. They were very nice. Maybe they just know that I can't handle criticism and I would have cried at work. But yeah, I mean, so far, so good. And have they actually seen Lost or are they just listening along? They both have seen it. They both were like, no, I've never seen it. And then started listening. They're like, oh, yeah, I have seen that show. (laughs) So, yeah, I told them that they should watch along. We'll see if they do that. But I I don't know. So they have at least listened to the first episode, I believe. All right. Love to hear it. Yeah. So I I had to quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) Now we really need the money to start coming in. Yeah, no kidding. I'm just going to put this out here. 
this episode, not much happened on Island, but like top five flashback storyline. Josh Holloway's performance is phenomenal. This episode was fantastic, in my opinion. This episode, we'll get into it. It was very good. But okay. very I thought good. I to disagree with me. No, very good. And like, I definitely thought I was going to cry. This episode was very emotional. There was no levity. I don't know if you've ever heard that word, levity. Look it up. No levity. Mm, not familiar. <laughs> well, let me give you my synopsis real quick, because I really feel like it will uh, sum it all up, if you will. God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, here's my synopsis. While Sawyer is being harassed by a boar, we learn more about his pre-island life. And this episode gave a nice little kickoff to Lauren's seasonal depression. <laughs> it was so, like, I was just sitting there. I honestly barely took notes this episode. I was just sitting there like, this is so sad. <laughs> Like on multiple levels in multiple different, a lot of things made me sad. It is. It's, it's a dark episode. Like we've, we've done, you know, dark episodes before, but like this, just like a lot of like emotional shit that really makes you understand like why Sawyer is the way he is with still so much of his backstory, like not really revealed. So I have quick bits. Yeah, you do. This episode was directed by Jack Bender. He's back once more. I was thinking about a joke about being on a bender. Oh, Christian was. Sawyer claims in this episode that he does not wear cologne. However, three years after the premiere of Lost, Josh Holloway was chosen to model for cool water cologne. And I remember this commercial clear as day because our mother thirsted after Josh Holloway in this commercial. Really? Yeah. And call me Jenna Fisher, I'm doing a deep dive. Oh, God. No, it's not really that. It's a, it's a shallow dive. Okay. Christian and later Jack used the quote, some people are made to suffer. That's why the Red Sox will never win the damn series. Speaking of which, at the time of the recording, we're like in the middle of the World Series. Go Phillies. Oops. Oh, yeah. I've barely been watching it. Before the airing of Lost, the Red Sox had won the series five times, the last time being in 1918. They have since won the World Series five more times, the first being in 2004, four months before this episode aired in February of 2005. Oh, no. That's not good for them. Well, keep in mind, what, they've been there, on a, they've been there a month, it's October, so the Sox are probably in the process of winning the World Series. It's still 2004 on Island. They crashed in late September. I guess, but sure. Anyway, I feel like it, the joke would have landed better had they not just won World Series. Yeah. I have an additional quick bit. Oh, my God. Were you finished with your quick bit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I tried to get more information on this. It, it did not work out um but our aunt Allie, shout out aunt Allie, has been re-watching lost to keep up with our episodes and she's been sending me her thoughts on the episodes <laughs> they're very funny let me pull them up 
She's not spoiling anything, is she? No. She she doesn't really remember. Hmm. Hold on. Please hold. Scrolling. I get a lot of texts. I'm very popular. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, basically, she, her main point, she has two main points. One is that Saeed's fingernails are too long and he needs to cut them. And she hates that. And the other thing is that she hates Shannon and she wanted her to die from an asthma attack. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but then she said that she had just listened to our episode where we I was talking about how much I liked the music and she said that someone she went to high school with actually composed some of the music on Lost. Really? Yes. And I said, do you know anything more about that? We can use it as a quick bit. She's like, no, nah, I just saw it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we got. But shout out to the guy that went to high school with my Aunt Allie. We don't know your name or what episodes you worked on. Speaking of Facebook, I recently joined a bunch of uh, Lost Facebook groups and one of the girls on there was talking about how she works with someone who noticed her lost bumper sticker and was like, oh, did you like that show? And she's like, yeah, I loved it. Have you seen it? And the girl was like, yeah, my uncle played the main character. No way. And she's like, your uncle's Matthew Fox? That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. All right, let's get into it. I got a lot of thoughts today. That must have been really hard for you. Yeah, whole apartment filled with smoke. Ha ha. So we open with a close-up of an eye once more. It's little Sawyer. His mother is waking him up as his father demands to be let into their home. She hides him under the bed and tells him to be silent and no matter what happens, do not come out. She says that she loves him. His father breaks in as she threatens to call the cops and he shoots her dead, then walks into Sawyer's room he sits on the bed and shoots himself. What an opener. Sad, hottie. That's a child. No, sorry, that wakes up in about five seconds. Shirtless. <laughs> Did not go unnoticed. You got a point? <laughs> Immediately. Running shirtless, one point. That's what I put in my <laughs> notes. <laughs> Sawyer wakes up from a nightmare, which was the flashback, and finds a boar is going through his stash. He shines a light on it and swings like a club or something at it. But the boar rips half his tent down and runs into the jungle with his tarp. Sawyer chases after it and eventually he hears whispering. He looks around the jungle and one of the whispers says, it'll come back around. I didn't hear it the first time. I didn't hear it until the second round of whispers, but that's fine. I believe you. What am I, what am I about to say? Subtitled, I put the captions on. Well, I don't, because I'm better than you. I was going to ask you what your first thoughts were, but I guess if you don't know what they said. Yeah, I just thought whispers. But you thought it was the others? Yeah, thought it was the same whispers that Saeed had heard. Sawyer attempts to clean up his tent, and Saeed finds amusement in his pain, which I'm sure pretty much everyone did, including myself. Sawyer's a dick every now and then, so... Oh, get yeah. He has those rare moments where he's just not the nicest person. You and him are similar in that aspect. Really? Really? On a kidding. Friday? I'm wow. kidding. Okay. I'm returning your Christmas present that I've definitely bought. What do you mean on a Friday? We record every Friday. Yeah, it's a happy day. 
It's payday. Said says he thought that the boar had left the valley after Sawyer explains what happened. And Sawyer tells him that if he, when he comes back and finds that his stuff is gone, he's going to come after Said. And as Said walks away, Sawyer asks what he heard on his way back from the Frenchwoman. Said tries to explain that he was injured and tired and his mind was playing tricks, but Sawyer asks again. Said explains he heard whispering. Sawyer asks what they were saying. Said asks if Sawyer heard something. But Sawyer just said to forget it. He didn't hear anything. That pissed me off. I'm like, why don't you guys just fucking communicate? Maybe we could get some answers if we could pool our information. Now, one thing I do have to ask really quick, since I obviously don't watch with subtitles. When Saeed heard the whispers, he didn't hear any like concrete words, right? He was just whispers. Okay. I totally know that because I'm better than you. Would you have thought that Sawyer should communicate had you known it'll come back around? Yeah, okay, you're right. Maybe I didn't know at that point that the whispers had a significance to Sawyer. So I probably wouldn't share either. Yeah, especially knowing what ends up happening. I would say so, so it's like, what's the significance of that quote? Oh, nothing. Yeah, exactly. We get a first flashback. Sora Second takes a, flashback. Oh, I guess you're right. I am always right. Sora takes a girl back to his hotel room and they start to get it on when a man named Hibbs interrupts them. We got two guest star alerts. First, the woman is played by Brittany Perianu. So much confidence. P-E-R-R-I-N-E-A-U. I'm not even going to try it, but I know you said it wrong. Yeah, I feel terrible because she's the wife of Michael's actor. Same last name. You would think I would know it. There's not like a pronunciation thing? I could have looked it up, but I didn't do it. Say it spelled again? P-E-R-R-I-N-E-A-U. E-A-U. I want to say it's French. E-A-U is typically O. Perino? Perino. Perino? 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 You know what? No matter how we say it, it's going to be wrong. You know what? Editing, Zane. I have been summoned. It's pronounced parano. My apologies, Harold. Good job, editing, Zane. Hibbs is played by Robert Patrick. Do you recognize him? Yeah, and I hate him in almost everything he's ever been in. Not him as an actor, but every character he's ever played, I've hated him. He is most famous for the T-1000 in Terminator 2. Shout out to Culture Night. Hope you're still listening, Dad. Uh, I know him from Grey's Anatomy. He's Meredith Grey's dad. You really didn't recognize him from Terminator 2? Bro, shout out to Culture Night, but I've only seen that movie one time, and it was in middle school. That was the, that's one of the greatest sequels of all time. Terminator 2, Empire Strikes Back, Godfather Part 2. Okay, I couldn't tell you a single actor in Terminator 2 except Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> couldn't tell you the plot. Couldn't tell you a single thing that happens. You're breaking dad's heart right now. Sorry. I don't really think he likes the Terminator series all that much. It's just was culture night. Sawyer kicks the woman out and throws Hibbs into the wall, saying he promised he would kill him if he ever saw him again. Hibbs says Sawyer isn't the killing type, and that he brought something to make them even for the Tampa job. Hibbs offers Sawyer the known whereabouts of the man who conned his father. 
He explains that his connections found a man named Frank Duckett, who ran the con that his parents fell victim to. He explains that his name was Frank Sawyer. Sawyer looks at a picture of him. Second guest star alert. It's Jeff Perry, best known for Cyrus in Scandal. That's the other person. I couldn't place it. I was like, I know he's in another like drama that I've watched. Also didn't like him in Scandal. He's I also think. in that new show, Alaska Daily. I've not watched anything of it, but I know Hillary Swank's in it. I feel like he's in something else too that I've watched, but I can't remember. Doesn't matter. So what were your thoughts on this scene? I didn't really have much. Hibbs just... says that he thinks Sawyer's not the killing type. Do you agree? Before everything? Um, I feel like he puts on a tough exterior, but he's not necessarily like aggressive. You know what I mean? He's like aggressive, but that's his facade. I wouldn't actually think that he'd kill something. Back on the island, Kate returns the gun to Jack and asks if anyone asked where they came from. He explains that they knew about the marshal and assumed he was alone. And Jack did not discredit this theory. So, secret's safe. Kate asks if he got all the guns back, all but one. Sawyer's. Kate says that she will get it back for him, and she speaks Sawyer's language. Jack remembers what happened in Confidence Man and says that it wasn't worth it. Kate says she only kissed him because the torturing didn't work. So a little like back and forth. Jack says let Sawyer keep the gun because he doesn't want Kate to have to owe him anything. What do you think about Jack and Kate at this point as like a pair? They've kind of taken a step back. Like they're kind of just in like comfortable, close friendship now. Little bit of flirtation, but not really. You don't you don't think it's going anywhere? Not currently, no. I feel way more tension between Kate and Sawyer than Kate and Jack. But you know what I did get from this scene? I, I had to consult my notes to see exactly what I got from this scene. <laughs> Is it, it one point to both Jack and Kate's arms? Yes. <laughs> it was one point to Jack because I realized he has a forearm tattoo that I didn't notice before. And his arms in general were looking sexy in the seam. And then Kate's arms. Not a point to Kate, just to Kate's arms. So Jack got a point? Jack got a point, and so did Kate's arms. It's nice but, that we have more than three people in the running nowadays. But I will be saving Hottie of the Week for the end of the episode. Oh my god, like we need to even have a debate. <laughs> we might. I might surprise you. Claire sits down with Charlie, who's fucking around with some piece of metal. Uh, it's later revealed to be a shovel, but the entire time I was like, what the fuck is that? I didn't even notice it. <laughs> You're really observant in this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I noticed the important things. Claire shares that she had a dream that were really just some memories in which Charlie was in some of them. Claire asks if he would like to go on a walk with her, but Charlie says that he has to do something and leaves. Probably take a shit. Bury a body. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that's what the shovel was for. <laughs> to bury his leavings. 
Exactly. Sawyer finds his tarp, and as he grabs it and returns to camp, he hears faint whispering. It'll come back around. This time you heard it. <laughs> yeah, I heard it this time. For sure. The boar charges Sawyer, making him ditch the tarp, but it still runs him down. He lands in some mud and says the iconic, son of a bitch. How did the tarp end up in the tree? It was like high up in the tree. It was at the base of the tree because Sawyer had to bend down and pick it up. It was still, it was like wedged between like two trunks. I just feel like the boar wouldn't have put it there. I just, my theory is that the boar was just running full head of steam with a tarp in front of his face until he ran into the tree. That's probably the best theory. But, it, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Move on. It up. I'm moving on. That's There's what I'm a, trying to do. A ghost is whispering to him, and you're questioning how a tarp got wedged <laughs> between trees. Yeah, pretty much. Cut to Kate taking joy in his misery, as Sawyer explains himself. Kate says a boar would not attack him without a reason, but Sawyer says it's harassing him. He grabs his gun and says he's going to get even. Kate tells him to just tell Locke, but Sawyer says it's personal. Kate says he's going to get lost, that's our show, or hurt. And Sawyer asks why she cares, and when she says she doesn't, Sawyer leaves. We get another flashback. Sawyer is buying a snub-nosed revolver off an arms dealer who is a contact of Hibbs at a dock in Sydney. Sawyer calls Hibbs a son of a bitch, laying more foundation that Hibbs is indeed a son of a bitch. The dealer tells Sawyer that when a man points a gun in someone's face, they learn who they really are. And should he find that he is not a killer, there are no refunds. Sawyer buys the gun, saying it will not be a problem. I ask you again, does Sawyer strike you as a killer? Do you think that my answer is going to change from when you asked me five minutes ago? With this scene in mind, and also thinking back to when he shot the marshal and looked so dead inside when he realized he caused him more suffering. My answer is the same. Props not, bro. Hurley helps Charlie bury Ethan. Hurley says that he thinks Ethan is going to come back as a zombie, which ironically, if you watch the scene close enough, the actor who is playing Ethan or whoever it is underneath that tarp is kind of slightly breathing. Charlie begins to dig and Hurley asks if he's okay. Charlie ignores him and continues to dig. I just feel like the answer is obviously no, because he killed someone. Right. Hurley goes to Saeed and asks him about PTSD, saying he's worried about Charlie having killed Ethan and suggests that Saeed should talk to him. What were your thoughts about Charlie at this point? We talked about it last week, and you said something along the lines of, fuck Charlie, don't give a fuck about him. But he's clearly going through it. Okay, maybe you shouldn't have shot a guy in the chest. I don't feel bad for him. What? You want me to have some, like, profound thought about Charlie and his, like, maybe PTSD? Like, you shouldn't have killed the guy. Nobody tell, told you to do that. You weren't even supposed to be there. The instructions were very clear. Do not kill Ethan. So what does he do? He kills Ethan, and now he's sad about it. Ugh. Don't be an idiot. Well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. Exactly. Sawyer finds a footprint, and Kate tells him that he has been tracking Boone for an hour. 
Sora tells her to scram, and Kate says that she wants carte blanche, saying he cannot track the boar without her help. Saying he he has been tracking humans, birds, a mudslide, and himself over the last hour. Kate explains that she wants a blank check from his stash with no questions asked, and Sawyer begrudgingly agrees. I feel like that's a little out of character for Sawyer. Yeah, but it's Kate. They speak the same language. If it would have been like one time, like no questions asked, I would have bought it a little bit more. But just like the rest of the time that we're on the island, I can just come and pick through your stash. I was actually like, I wasn't clear on that. Is it whenever and for as long as she wants? Because I thought it was like, uh, it's an IOU whenever I want to cash it in and whatever I want. I didn't think it was like a indefinite, in- mm. infinite thing. You might be right. I'm always right. I guess if she would have put her cards on the table and said that she wants the gun. Although, why would Sawyer, like, Sawyer could just be like, okay, I'll take the deal. And then she'd be like, nah, fuck you. Yeah, keeping it. Yeah, but like, also if I were her, I wouldn't be using that deal to give the gun back to Jack. Wait, I'd be getting got, something good. You got four of them already. What difference does it make if Sawyer has one gun? Yeah, but Sawyer's kind of a loose cannon. Like, you never know. They make camp, and Sawyer begins to drink out of a mini booze bottle. Kate asks for a bottle, and Sawyer says they have to play I Never. It starts with fun. We learn that Kate has never been to Disneyland. Sawyer wore pink in the 80s. and Apparently, Kate never has. Okay, I honestly, when she was like, I never wore pink. That's such a pick-me thing to say. I had to rewind the episode. I was like, isn't the tank top she's wearing pink? And then I realized it was like kind of more of a purple, but I just thought it wasn't true at first. Like, you've never worn pink? You've never worn any shade of pink ever in your life? Ever? We also learned probably the most shocking thing ever is Sawyer's a Republican. Haha. Sawyer has also never been in love, but Kate has. And while she's never had a one-night stand and Sawyer has had plenty, Kate has been married. Yeah, that made me wonder if I was right about my domestic violence theory. Because none of her flashbacks have really hinted at a marriage at all. The only thing we've got is the man that I loved. But like she said, she was like, oh, it didn't last long. To me, that makes me think like, Vegas elopement or like got married young, didn't last type of situation. Now it's starting to get a little dark. Sawyer accuses her of wanting to spend time with him as the only person on the island who just doesn't belong. She drinks. She says that she's never carried around a letter because he can't get over his baggage. He drinks. That was shitty. His baggage is that... His dad murdered his mother and then killed himself. Like, I feel like that's not like a, oh, you're so dumb, you're trauma. Like, okay, Kate, fuck you. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, I wouldn't say it's baggage. Like, that just has like such a connotation to it that you're like, oh, it's like something you like need to move move past. And I do think he needs to, in a healthy way, move past this, considering his plan is to murder the person who did this. But it definitely felt like she was just getting so defensive, like right out the gate and just went for the uppercut. Yeah, exactly. And I felt like it was unnecessary. Like I own, I really took his thing as like, we're the same. 
like you relate to me and that's why you wanted to do this with me. But then she just takes it and cuts deep. I was like, why? Well, Sawyer's not pulling any punches either. He says, I've never killed a man. And they both drink. Looks like we have something in common after all. There was so much tension in that scene. Would you say it was sexual tension? I actually wanted to write down murderous tension. (laughs) Uh, It did kind of feel like sexual tension. But, you know, when two hot people have tension, doesn't it always feel like sexual tension? Even if there's nothing sexual about it. Do you ship it? That would be the most toxic, volatile, messy relationship. Of course I ship it. <laughs> more than uh, more than Jack, not do you ship it more? It would be toxic, volatile, messy more than Kate and Jack. Because you could argue either way. It would be more volatile, more messy. Jack and Kate, more toxic. Explain. Jack has issues. Sawyer has issues. I see Sawyer and Kate having a relationship of like fighting and then like aggressive sex. Sorry, parents. Whereas I see Kate and Jack having more of like a very passionate, but like very dependent relationship. And I see it being emotionally toxic. What do you, who do you think would last longer? Like which of the two? Uh, that's hard to say. I think Kate and Sawyer would end quicker because neither one of them are able to deal with their shit. Jack was at least able to step up and stand up for his dad and do what was right, even though it was like very hard. Kate is a runner And Sawyer is the most defensive person. He's just quick to like be a dick. I just feel like they would have a, they would be a, what's that? They'd burn hot and fast. Mm. Whereas like Kate and Jack might be like an on again, off again. Especially because Kate runs, Jack can't let go. Exactly. Jack can't let go. And I think that is why they would be like years of toxicity. Six that's, years per, ch- per chance. That's my guess. <laughs> so we will track that as it goes. We get another dream. Sawyer is once again under the bed, back at the nights that his parents died. And this time it's the boar that steps foot into his room. And you hear her once again. It'll come back around. But this shit scared the fuck out of me when I was a kid. I have a very distinct memory of this, like keeping me up at night just because the, the fucking, the boar feet. I just, <laughs> I, it's fucking terrifying. It is. That was a creepy. Yeah. It was scary. Was it a CGI boar? I don't know, but you know what? Every time they were like zooming in on the boar, I had many thoughts. One, that boar runs like Izzy. <laughs> Two, it, Izzy is my bulldog for context. My fat bulldog. Well, actually, The vet says she's a healthy weight, so nobody come for me. She's a healthy fatness. Also, every time they zoom in on it, I was like, why does it look like a grizzly bear to me? I was like, oh, I love it. I love the boar so much. He's all fat (laughs) and snorty. I loved it. I was like, do I love boars? It's the shortest, stockiest grizzly bear the world has ever seen. 
Yeah, but like in certain frames, I was like, looks like a bear. I think I love boars. And you think about it, Sawyer's lucky a polar bear was not the thing that was haunting him. That is true. Kate wakes Sawyer from his nightmare, and the two find that the boar returned and tore through their camp, but did not touch Kate's stuff. Sawyer says the hog will suffer, and the leaves ruffle. Or rustle. One of the two. Locke appears... And he makes them some coffee. He explains that he was looking for salvage. And when Sawyer finds that the boar peed on his shirt, he tells Locke that this is the third time it has come after him. I feel like at this point, the island's weird. You know, polar bear, French people, some sort of monster. It is not out of question, especially because it didn't touch any of Kate's stuff, that something different is happening here. Like, the fact that Kate is like, oh, this is so funny that you think this boar is, like, coming after you. It didn't touch any of your shit and has attacked Sawyer three separate times. Yeah, I agree. But we have the context of the entire show. Yeah. So so does Kate. She's been on the island. Okay, but she doesn't know that Locke was paralyzed. She doesn't know that... uh, they found the caves because of Jack's ghost daddy. Okay, that's fair. She doesn't know these things. Uh, but I do agree. Like, to me, I don't think this is a coincidence. I think this is a vendetta boar. That would be a great band name. You're right. I'm going to start it. I'm going to play all parts, though. Singer, drummer, guitarist, electric keyboard. You ever heard of Flip Turn? Yeah. The band? I went and saw yeah. them the other day. Is that why Flip Turn Setlist was on our Spotify? Because let me tell you, I went and saw Paramore and I had listened to Paramore Setlist. And then I was continuing to listen to Paramore Setlist to relive that moment because I'll never be that happy again in my life. And then all of a sudden on the recently plays, it said Flip Turn Setlist. And I was like, the fuck? Did they change it to a different band? I was so confused. You didn't notice that the playlist maker was... One Kate Worcester. I didn't click on it. I don't oh. know who Flip Turn is. Yeah, they're really good. Shout out to Flip Turn. Locke tells the story of when he was a boy, his foster sister died. She fell off the monkey bars and broke her neck. So casual. Yeah. The, the, the fact that Locke's life is so <laughs> shitty that his sister dying is not his dramatic backstory is like so depressing. It, it just keeps getting worse, and it will get worse. Honestly, I'm jumping ahead, but the dog leaving is even more traumatic to me. Shortly after the funeral, when everyone was concerned about his foster mother, a dog appeared that basically took his sister's place. Stayed in her bed, kept his mom company until she eventually passed as well, and then the dog disappeared. Kate asks if he thinks the dog was his sister. And he says that that would be silly, but his mother believed it to be true. His mother believed that his sister came back in the form of a dog to say that it wasn't her fault. He looks at Sawyer almost knowingly. Yeah, and I thought the Sawyer same thing. has this dead look inside. What are your thoughts on this? One, if the dog thing was anything like, you know, beyond just a coincidence, I wouldn't think it's like his sister reincarnate. I would think it was more of like, a gift from the sister from beyond. Like she sent the dog. You know how people be like, 
oh, my dog passed. And then I just happened upon this new dog. And then it's like, oh, my dog sent this dog to me, you know, that type of situation. So that's what I would think it is. And then I feel like the look from Locke is saying that dog showed up to comfort us. This boar showed up to harass you. So what have you done? Like, that's kind of where I'm getting with it. The, the smile that Locke had. Everyone is just taking pleasure in Sawyer being miserable from this boar. I don't think that's what this was for, with Locke. I think he was like, Sawyer is being tested. Yeah, absolutely. Because Locke seems to be the only person that's like, this island is not what it seems. And so... You, make, you say it in a mocking voice, but he's not wrong. Yeah, I know he's not wrong, but I don't really like him right now. So... I think it's just like, he's just looking at it as like, oh, it's your turn now. Like, he is the only person that actually does know about all these things, what we were just saying. He knows that he can walk again. He does know about Jack's ghost daddy and that it led him. Well, he doesn't know it was specifically Christian. He knows that it was the white rabbit. Yeah, yes. okay. But he knows that Jack went through a kind of a testing or a, an experience or whatever. And he, he forced the one with Boone. <laughs> well, he also manufactured one with Charlie as well. Like, so he just is thinking like everybody on this Island is going to get a test. And this is Sawyer's. And I do actually think this is Sawyer's. So we get another flashback and this is just a, a sequence of scenes that is phenomenal. In my opinion, this is the, the Josh Holloway. Give him his damn Emmy moment. In my opinion, Sawyer readies his gun to kill Frank Sawyer as he orders shrimp. And when Frank turns his back, he struggles internally to kill him. Frank asks where he's from, and he says Tennessee. Frank misses them southern women. Sawyer introduces himself as James, so you were right. (laughs) And when Frank turns around, Sawyer is gone. Where did he go? A bar. Where he runs into one Christian shepherd. Did you think this was outlandish at all? Well, no, because we've already kind of had like small glimpses of crossovers in flashbacks. So I don't, if it had just jumped right to this being the first crossover, I would have been like, really? But because the show's kind of already primed us for that, I was like, oh, okay. I remember watching the scene with dad one time and he's just like, what are the fucking odds? Yeah, but that's the whole point. This whole show it could be summed up in like, what are the odds? So I feel like it's not outlandish because everything about the show is outlandish. Yeah. Sawyer buys Christian a drink since he doesn't have his wallet. Remember who leaves a wallet. That's what Jack was asking. It was in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. Christian asks why Sawyer was in Sydney. And he just says business. Christian says Australia is closest you can get to hell without being burned. And that's why it's called down under. Sawyer asks what Christian did, and he says he was the chief of surgery. He says they are both suffering, but it's fate. Some people are just supposed to suffer. That's why the Red Sox will never win the damn series. Christian talks about his son. who He says he's not like me. He's a good man, maybe a great one. He says he thinks Jack hates him and that he feels betrayed. But Christian said he's grateful and proud of what Jack did. It took more courage than he's ever had. He points at a phone and says that he could call Jack and tell him everything and tell him that he loves him. And when Sawyer asks why he doesn't, 
Christian says he is weak. Christian asks if this business will ease Sawyer's suffering. And when Sawyer says yes, he says, why are you there? He says, it is simple, unless you want to end up like me. Sawyer returns to the shrimp truck and grabs his gun. (sighs) Oh, my God. What? Sorry, for a second there, I thought you were going to be like, Christian's the hottie of the week. Ew, no. You, You just made this face. I was like, oh, God, please no. No, this scene was just really, like, intense. I I felt a lot of things. This is when I just stopped taking notes. Like I was like, I've no, how do you even put this into words? I felt so sad for Jack. I honestly wanted to cry for him. Because I'm just thinking like, I can't imagine that he's ever going to get this closure. And now that I know that the closure is there... I want so badly for him to have it. And that's crazy coming from me because, you know, I'm not the biggest Jack fan. You are not. But, oh my God. And and honestly, at first I was like, okay, this kind of humanizes Christian for me. Because I'm like, he's not a monster. Like he is, but deep down he's got, he knows his faults and, and he is, just a broken man, I think. But when he says, like, I could go call him right now, but I'm not going to. And we know that he doesn't. Ugh. Broke my heart. It broke my heart. Going all the way back to our fifth episode, I wrongfully was arguing Christian's side. And I admit I was wrong. We're not going to reopen that. My issue that I was running into, and I admitted it at the time, was I'm using I'm using future knowledge of the series. And unfortunately, I like Christian as a character. I really do. This is not his only humanizing moment. He's going to have some later in the series. And I was letting that corrupt my thought process when we were having that argument. And again, I got to say John Terry is just phenomenal. And him yeah. and him and Josh Holloway in the scene were just chewing it up. It it was just a pleasure to watch. It was a really good scene and it, wow. I still feel it like in my chest. I'm like emotional over it. Is it cause I'm PMSing? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but oh my God, it hit me deep. So you said he's, he humanized a bit for you. Do you still like not like him a whole lot with Christian or is he more just of a complex character now? I mean, I still don't like him. Like this one moment, because we also don't know how he died, right? He drank himself to death. Okay, but like, we don't know any more than that. Right. Because that could have been like a choice. You know what I mean? This could have been a man who knows that that he's not going to live much longer. And he's like kind of coming to all of these conclusions right now. And he's been humanized in this one moment but everything before that he was a complete asshole like i feel for him but i feel for jack way more the timeline is not clear but what kills me is that jack could very well be in sydney looking for him right now while this conversation is happening that's true charlie is stabbing coconuts and saeed joins him what is he doing here uh well They can use the coconut husk for different things. 
And maybe he's just prepping them to make them easier to cut open when they do want the the coconut water and the... I don't know shit about coconuts. I, don't I put don't me on either. the spot like that. Saeed's like, you're developing quite the talent. I'm like, for what? <laughs> Explain. Clearly, Coconut Husker is his job, and he has really gotten into it. I don't know. Charlie says he knows that Saeed is there to check up on him. And Saeed simply says, you killed a man. Charlie immediately justifies it, saying, he killed one of us, he kidnapped Claire, he tried to kill me, he deserved to die, and I'd do it again. But then Saeed tells the story of how he volunteered to be on the firing squad of a man who killed innocents in Iraq. He says that he did his duty with no hesitation, but still found himself waking up repeatedly in the middle of the night. He tells Charlie that killing Ethan will be with him for the rest of his life. Charlie asks if he has any suggestions, and Saeed says, you're not alone. Don't pretend to be. In other words, live together, die alone. It's a pretty good scene. Anything with Saeed is amazing. Always wise, always perfect. Who do you think is wiser, Saeed or Locke? Saeed, because Locke is batshit crazy. <laughs> what if Saeed would have been like, let me just tie you up in the jungle? He <laughs> <laughs> was like, I was on a firing squad once, and also take this hallucinogenic drug. You don't happen to have a sister, do you, Charlie? Because <laughs> I just kidding. Nate and Sawyer find sign of a boar, and eventually Sawyer grabs a piglet. Sawyer uses the squealing piglet to get the bigger boar's attention. Screaming, here, piggy, piggy, piggy. Hate does not like this. And Lauren does not like this. No? He lost five points. Five points? Your notes said half a point. No, I said minus five points. They did not say 0.5. It says minus five points. Oh my god, it does. I thought it said 0.5. Okay, so... I was very upset by this. So did you not care in the fourth episode when Locke was going into detail about how they're going to kill Boar, he specifically says piglets? Yeah, I care about that, but I'm not dishing out points to Locke for Hottie of the Week. I was dishing out points to... Okay, yeah, he won one time. Calm the fuck down. It'll (laughs) never happen again. Oh my god. Get over it. (laughs) Anyway... I was giving out points. I also have to retract points. I hated this. I hated this so much. Well, so did Kate. She knocks Sawyer on the stab wound, freeing the pig, and he calls him sick. She leaves him and tells him to find his own way home. I don't think she hit him on the stab wound. I thought she, like, buckled his knees, you know? Oh, yeah. When you kind of sweep the leg. I, I was thinking of when Charlie hit him in the stab wound. Right. So once again, you're dumb. <laughs> Another flashback. Sawyer approaches Frank in the rain. I'm already reliving it. It's so... Say it with me, folks. Rain is bad. He calls out to Frank. He calls him Sawyer. And when Frank turns around, Sawyer shoots him in the chest. He takes out the letter and begins to read it. Dear Mr. Sawyer. Frank asks who. I just say that in the midst of this being an extremely emotional and intense scene (laughs) when Sawyer started to read the letter I was like this is so cringy (laughs) because he only gets the past that one line like he gets the one line out but I'm thinking like what if this was the guy 
was he really going to sit there and read that whole letter? And think about it. He wrote that letter when he was so little. So was Sawyer, an adult, going to go, you took, you slept with my, what did you say? And took all my dad's money away. Yeah. Can you imagine adult Sawyer in that intense emotional moment with his gruff voice being like, and took all my dad's money away. Absolutely not. Um, I feel like I feel like it would be better if he had him at gunpoint and made Sawyer read it. Like, right. Yeah. That would have been better, but obviously you can't do that because then the mistake would have been realized before he did what he did. Honestly, this was a painful scene for me to watch. Continue. Continue and then I'll and then I'll give my deep thoughts. Well, maybe if he ever does track down the real Sawyer, he should take our notes and like the performance would be better. But he says, dear Mr. Sawyer, and Frank immediately asks who. Sawyer explains that he used to go by Sawyer. Frank is confused and says he would have paid Hibbs back. Sawyer asks how he knows Hibbs and then realizes that this man borrowed money from Hibbs. And when he didn't pay back, Hibbs cons Sawyer into being his hitman. Frank says he was going to pay and tell Sawyer it'll come back around. And Sawyer just looks dead inside. I was so upset. We're bringing back douche of the week and it's Hibbs. I hate Hibbs so much. Do I hate him as much as Susan? Maybe. Probably not. But that was painful for me. That was so painful because you just look, I'm going to say it. I'm an empath. honestly i hate tiktok because i am i'm very empathetic and the thing that gets me when i watch tv shows is when you can just when a character uh, let me rephrase when an actor is so good at showing the emotion that they're feeling in a scene i feel it so strongly it was like painful for me to watch him have that realization that he just killed someone, which was not easy for him to do. And it's not even the right guy. And he got fucking conned. Oh my God. That was just awful. Awful. Painful. Once again, Josh Holloway's performance is just. Excellent. The, the shaking hand with the gun and the scene back uh, before he saw Christian, the the tearful eyes, the hesitation, the 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 wavering in his voice, just everything was amazing. Give him a damn Emmy if he doesn't already have one. You don't know that. I could look it up. Could have been a quick bit, but I didn't. Could Editing been a Zane. Quick bit. Editing Zane here. Josh Holloway unfortunately never won his damn Emmy. He did win a Saturn Award in 2010 for Best Actor on Television. And he had two other award wins, including a SAG award for Ensemble. And he was nominated a total of 21 other times for various other awards. Fuck you, editing Zane. <laughs> Did you hear that I called you an idiot in one? Yeah, that editing Zane has been making way too many appearances. You can't just jump in all the time. Fights are set in stone. You don't get to come back later. Absolutely if I'm not. right, I'm going to tell you I'm right. Absolutely not. Fuck off. Editing Zane. What a dick. Back on the island, struggling to find his way back, Sawyer finds the boar. 
He aims the gun and eventually does not pull the trigger. He's clearly thinking of Frank. Kate watches all of this, and Sawyer tells her it's just a damn boar, and they should go back to camp. Let's get into this. What is the boar? I pondered that myself. I don't know. The boar, it's just a symbol. It's like, almost like the boar is Sawyer. Sawyer has been chasing this vendetta, this person that he can't even put a face to. He just has a name his whole life. And then, you know, obviously he made a big mistake and he killed a guy and he shouldn't have done it. So at first I was like, oh, the boar is the guy that he killed. But I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think the boar is just his demons. They're just his own inner demons come to wreck his shit up. Do you have a better answer? Because that doesn't feel very good. I have a theory. Okay. But I cannot tell you until about halfway through season six. Well, fuck off then. (laughs) All righty then. Just mark it down. And fans of the show who have seen the whole way through, if you are able to put together what my theory is and you agree with me, feel free to DM me and tell me, If you agree, fans of the show who don't agree with me, but still are able to put it together. If you disagree, let's argue about it and I'll show you why you're wrong. Okay. And, and fans of the show who are just here because I'm funny, DM me, tell me I'm funny. (laughs) But yes, I will mark it down and maybe three years from now, we'll come back to that. (laughs) Great. Can't wait. (laughs) Claire watches Sun and Jin work on a fishing net. Walt and Vincent play. And oh, by the way, Michael's still building that raft and it's coming together pretty quickly. What? The raft? I didn't even notice. You didn't notice the raft? It's like a full old fucking boat, Lauren. I did not see a raft. Where was there a raft? What, you have a note about Vincent being fat, but you didn't notice that the fucking raft was right next to Walt and Vincent? I was watching Vincent be chonky. He's <laughs> running around his chonky little fur and all a whole thing. All I was thinking about was Vincent. I was like, I was thinking about, man, he's on that island. He must be eating good. And then I was like, well, you know, he is an actor dog. I'm sure he has a really great life in real life. My Her brain- name is Madison. Oh, okay. It's a girl. Anyway, all I was thinking about was the dog. The giant pieces of bamboo you just didn't notice? No, I was looking at the dog. If you want me to see something else, don't put a dog in the scene. Well, the raft's coming together. We'll get more into that later. Thanks for letting me know. Charlie joins Claire and asks if she's ready to take that walk. And she says yes. I feel like that would just be like the slowest walk. Sawyer finds Jack splitting wood. Sawyer jokingly points the gun at Jack before returning it to him. Gun safety is nothing to joke about. Dad says, never point a gun at anything that you do not intend to shoot. And treat every gun as if it is loaded. It's true. When Jack asks why he's suddenly giving it back, Sawyer explains that he made a deal with Kate. Or Jack's girlfriend. He makes it seem like they had sex. And Jack said... Well, that's why the Sox will never win the series. So her questions him. Jack explains that it's something that his dad would say to not take responsibility for people hating him and putting it all on fate. 
Sawyer asks if his father was a surgeon too, and Jack says he was. He's dead. Sawyer's face just says it all in this scene. And Jack asks why he wants to know so much about his father, and Sawyer says there is no reason, and he leaves. And that is how the episode ends. Ouch. It was right there. It was right there, and I wanted... The only thing I was trying to give Sawyer credit is I was like, maybe because Jack said my dad's dead, maybe Sawyer was like, well, it couldn't have been him then because I got on that flight, what, like three days later or whatever, and I talked to that, like, what are the odds that he died between then and then, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, just look at the condition of Christian in that moment, considering he just talked about losing his job and, that's and how a, he's That's weak. a big leap. I feel like if I were Sawyer, I would have pressed for more information, but I don't know. But I wanted so badly. Sawyer just doesn't seem like the type of person that's going to give Jack his closure, but I'm hoping for it. I, I want this so bad. I want to say, I, f- I love the fact that Jack says the quote too, because it puts a new light on his relationship with Christian. And in the same way it humanized Christian in this episode, it kind of humanizes their relationship. Jack is a Red Sox fan solely because Christian is a Red Sox fan. They, they live in LA. Like, Generally speaking, you have no reason to be a Sox fan if you're out there. And it makes me think of how when I was a kid, I rooted for teams that my dad rooted for solely because my dad rooted for them. I was a Yankees fan growing up because dad's a Yankees fan. And then obviously I'm a diehard Buckeye fan because my father brainwashed me into being a diehard Buckeye fan. I like that it puts a new light on their relationship, makes you think, oh, he was a father to this guy at one point. And also... I would like to ask you, what are your thoughts on Jack and Sawyer's relationship? They're like two bull elks going head to head over a woman. Except they're not like two bull elks because they're doing it in a passive aggressive little bitch way. I feel like they're fine. They're civil to each other and they both want to bang Kate. Sawyer likes to poke Jack, you know, taunt him with it. And Jack's just kind of like, whatever kind of lets it roll off his back well speaking of hot men and hot women and hot non-binary people who is the hottie of the week who do you think hottie of the week is if it wasn't for the negative five points i would say sawyer just because sad hottie shirtless the trauma but i don't it was it, it it was sawyer all signs point to sawyer right right for whatever reason, it was too much this week. Sad hottie. It was too emotional. Like, and honestly, even though like this whole scene of him killing what's his face on accident and everything that's like shedding more light on like his trauma. I really couldn't kind of get past it as just a really, really, really bad decision. And I, like, I can't give him hottie of the week because, bro, first of all, why are you taking advice from some drunk guy in a bar? And, and I, I honestly, it was too much of a sad hottie. Too sad. Still hottie, but too sad. You don't want to sleep with him. You, you want to give him a hug and give him the phone number of a therapist. I'd still sleep with him. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going to rip Band-Aid off 
this was a gut feeling. This was just based on who did my mind this episode just say, you're kind of hot. Um, it's Jack. <laughs> you know what? I thought it might be Jack, but I didn't want to will it into it. Considering last week, I was fighting for Jack. <laughs> Honestly, there's nothing like deep about it. Jack just looked really good this episode. His arms were looking really good. He was like breaking that wood apart. And like being so calm. Just like very good, steady character this week. Going off of a a nice foil to Sawyer's fucking depression. Like it was just too much for me with Sawyer. And Jack was looking hot. So Jack's hot of the week. Well... I'm also going to lay down MVP of the episode and I'm going to go with Christian just because it was an amazing scene and he kind of moved the plot along a little bit. No, absolutely not. Well, who would you give it to? MVP of the episode, the boar. He moved the plot along. Boar moved the plot along. Uh, Second place would be Saeed for helping out with some PTSD counseling. Could argue Hurley considering he told Saeed to do it. Yeah, but Saeed's the one with the knowledge and the information and the wisdom. And there's a lot of MVPs. I think we can all agree it was mostly the boar. Speaking of other characters on the island, one of them has to have a centric episode next week. Honestly, I barely had a thought. Jack? Question mark? This would be a hard one because really the only person other than Sawyer to get development was Charlie and Jack. And they both just had centrics not that long ago. I'm going to go shot in the dark. I'm going to go Sun and Jane are getting a second centric. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, oh, so good. Technically, Sun has had one centric and next week is called in translation. It is gin centric. Love it. It's actually called dot, dot, dot in translation because in full, it's supposed to be lost in translation. Oh, that's pretty good. I like it. I'm excited for that. It I, I watched it yesterday to take notes. Really fucking good episode. In fact, Devin showed up right as I was finishing it off. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm almost done. And then I took way longer than I needed to because I just started telling her everything that happened in the episode. And she said, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly she's a big fan of the pod. Huge fan. Final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, I'm just going to go snort some Zoloft because that was depression station I, that was a really really intense episode i'm gonna actually just go watch love is blind and eat some candy i finally got caught up on that today i'm not caught up obviously <laughs> uh really good episode maybe one of my favorites so far but also it wrecked me as a human so i feel like a lot of the episodes lately we've been like that was really good i feel things <laughs> yeah it's definitely just like you know ripping me apart emotionally well if you thought that was bad join us next week where i actually cried watching the episode really oh my god this is not looking good for me i really feel like i could cry and speaking of us looking good we look really ugly on tiktok you can find us on TikTok at lauren gets lost pod you can find us on instagram at lauren gets lost pod and on twitter at Lauren Gets Lost. And Facebook. And now on Facebook, you can join our Facebook 
page. Zane will tell us more about that because I think I'll never, ever look at it because of spoilers. Find us on Facebook, Lauren Gets Lost Podcast. And if you super duper duper love us, you could give us a donation. The link will be in the episode description. That would be super cool. But you can also help us out by rating us five stars on wherever you're listening. Leave us a review and share us with your friends and families and maybe your coworkers. Because maybe they'll just find your freaking TikToks and then stalk you and then taunt you at the office. Every time something happens to me, Stephanie goes, are you going to make that into a TikTok, Lauren? (laughs) I hate my life. Just kidding. They're very nice people. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. Thank you.